Hey everyone, Lisa Resnick here, Homes and Hops. I am sitting with who I have not seen in, I feel like, years, Randy Schneider. And a lot has changed, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, where do I even go? <laughs> Last time I seen you, we were sitting on patio numbers pre-COVID. That's right, because you were with numbers at the time. And then you're like, you know what? I'm going to take things to a whole other level, and I'm going to open up a restaurant. Yeah. And if I knew what I knew then now... I would uh, definitely uh, anticipate the delays of COVID that I didn't see coming or anyone saw coming because uh, what a challenge and eye opener. If you really want to uh, challenge yourself in life, try to open a restaurant during a pandemic, in the middle of the pandemic, yep. and uh, let me know how your patience is afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it must it must have been difficult. You think about hiring staff. You think about actually people feeling comfortable to come into the doors. You think about supplies and what you budgeted for pre-pandemic to what probably happened after the pandemic. Um, I can't even imagine, but I will say that if you were able to sustain and endure everything that you went through at that time, I mean, you're not going to stop. Oh, no. It's, uh, I mean, the support from the community from the get-go, just from the construction and people popping in and, you know, hey, I'm so-and-so with, uh, you know, insert construction company, or I'm so-and-so with supplies. And they're all willing to help you, and they want to see you grow, and you know, do business together, and make each other, you know, help each other. And you know, then the pandemic comes along, you're like, oh my goodness, what do I do now? And they're still there. They're like, hey, how can I help you? You know, uh, Tri City Supplies in Liverpool is a local uh, family-owned business. Uh, Rick Derringer, he was nonstop at my door. What do you need? Do you need me to help you take trash out? Do you need me to help take construction That's debris? Awesome. Uh, what What do you need, buddy? And I'm like, man, it's like the, the, the love and support is just wow. local, local supporting local. Yes, exactly. Which is, it, it's beautiful, it's significant, and that is when collaborations become communities. Exactly. Um, so real quick for all those that may not know Run of Audios, tell them where it's at and what it focuses on. And, and we're also, clearly things went well with Randy transforming over to the restaurant world because we are drinking numbers, blood orange. Yes. Oh, you know, it's so good. Yes, it does. You know, Brock, Brock Beatty, you know, his recipes are, wow. I mean, the blood orange, you can never, never could have thought what beer, you know, I'm sure any brewery comes to talk to you and, you know, friends with, yep. you know, you never know what one's going to be the one that just launches you. And the blood oh, orange was, definitely... was one that was like, Hey, this is a cool beer. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> it definitely has taken off and you guys are in a phenomenal location um, to be able to expand beyond Ohio, the borders of Ohio, which right. is really nice to tap into. You guys tapped into West Virginia, right? Yep, we're over in West Virginia, Brock's home state. You know, he's from down there in Chester. So, you know, with Bethany College. So that's, you know, those are his stomping grounds. And it was like a, you know, we're right up against there for Ohio. So it's like yep. a must have for down there. And, you know, Penguin City's down there now too, oh, wow. over in uh, West Virginia. Awesome. Um, so it's pretty awesome. Um, and then, we're, you know, Renovatis, we're down in Liverpool, right yes. at the spear tip of it. I mean, on our rooftop patio, you can overlook the river and you can see West Virginia, the tire hillside. So everyone's like, oh, what part of Ohio is that? I'm like, that's actually West Virginia. That's not, that's not Ohio. And for anybody who has not been to East Liverpool, East Liverpool is beautiful. You yes. were just mentioning the river, the water that runs runs through the town. Yep. I mean, which is which is so significant. 
Oh, I mean, it really is. For both industry and, you know, pleasure. I mean, there's so many people out boating in the summertime. I mean, mm -hmm. you would you would think there's some sort of a event or a parade going on. You know, people are like, why are so many boats out? And it's just a thing. You know, I grew up down in Liverpool my whole life, and everyone had a boat. It was a thing. Like, you're on the river. And then when you're not on the river, you're usually back at, you know, a family restaurant somewhere in town. And that's kind it's of... so awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's just I like... I love it. It was so, so, so cool. And then I'm like... You know, now we're that family restaurant. Rent of Audios is like right next to the river. So they get their boats, you know, down at the, it's called the water, but they dock their boats and they come right up the hill, which is like 200 oh, meters. That's perfect. And they just sit on the patio and enjoy some acoustic music on the weekends and, you know, some good local craft beers. So how long did it take you to find your spot? Um, it was actually interesting. My business partner is a Pittsburgh business developer, Craig Causa, and I met him uh, about two, actually three years ago coming up. And he had this big, beautiful old building in this granite bank. And it was built in the 20s. You know, it's like when you see the movie, like Great Gatsby, it's like yes. a wow factor. And when you walk in the doors, you'll see people all the time. And I, I told him, I said, don't be surprised you have a crank in your neck. And like, what do you mean? It's like, you're going to be staring at the ceiling the whole time because of all the original architecture that's up there. And then we add in this chandeliers and there's a nice big skylight in there. I mean, it's just like, a, you know, the wow factor yes. is all there. That building is 100% a wow factor in itself. The atmosphere is just amazing. Yes, I mean it's. I mean, you like I said, you always tell the first timer because they're, you know. I mean, it's it's funny. I'm like first time. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Like, how'd you guess? I'm like, yeah, you know, kind of guessed. And then you have the rooftop too. Yeah, the rooftop patio. You know, and it's one thing. You know, I I joke around with my restaurant friend. You know, it's like you know we're, we're the one of one. We're the only rooftop patio in Columbia County. You know, so you can sit on the rooftop and overlook the High River and overlook you know people watch if you want and also watch. Uh, you know, acoustic acts in the summertime out there. There's a bar, like, ledge side. You just want to hang out with some friends and chill. Or there's some dining side. And there's some cool fire pits in the rooftop, too, that you can kind of sit next to. So. Well, I'm not sure if you think this or not. But I do. But, like, I really do feel like one of audios really sparked the interest into East Liverpool all over again. I mean, after you guys started and you opened up your restaurant, I noticed even more so from there, I mean, because clearly you are good with social media marketing and being Thank able you. to draw the attention to, to the restaurant, which was amazing. And you were, you were laying the story out even before the doors opened. Like you knew what it, to do. It, thank you. And that's, you know, people love hearing about a journey, but people love being a part of the journey yes. even more. And if you, you know, there's so many great places out there. Um, you know, that built their places, but you don't see the story. You're not part of the story until afterwards. And they you show you very much, and, you know, a very, thank you. And a very good example is what Penguin City is doing right now with yes. their place. You know, like we're, we're part of the journey with them, you know, we're exactly. at, at Youngstown and the communities nearby. We're, we're watching it grow and watching it build. And that's what people like. They, they like do. to see the progress picks and like, Hey guys, cool. Look what we found here. You know, we found all this old history stuff from the bank from the twenties when the mob used to own the bank. Yes. Boom. Penguin City. They just found that bottle. How I cool know. is that? So cool. It's I mean, so cool. It's like, you know, and they're part of the story. So people, when they go there to, you know, have their drinks and, you know, they're seeing the beer being made and things like that, they're going to, oh my gosh, I remember when they found that bottle. This is what right. happened. You know, same thing. So is it therapeutic though for you two at the same time when you're going through the construction process <laughs> and like the highs and the lows when you're actually putting it out there and you're reflecting on actually the part that you're in? And like that positive, oh, does it make you like reassess and be like, okay, this is good. We're doing the right thing. We're going to stick with this. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, several, especially when it's such an old building like that, you know, you don't know 
if you want to preserve the history, because the one thing about East Liverpoolians is that they are in love with their history, their pottery, and yes. it's very important to them to keep that history. And like we talked about being part of the journey, keep them part of the journey of us preserving their history with it. I mean, initially, the whole building on the outside, inside, nothing's really been tarnished or taken away from the original, uh, what we have there. Um, it's all intact. Anything we found on walls that was, uh, you know, part of the history is framed up in the walls and the uh, vestibule for people to view and, uh, you know, reminisce on, oh my gosh, look, 1972 or 1948. Which is so significant to be able to maintain that and then restore that. And the fact that you did it, because it is, it's a lot easier to tear down and start from scratch. Oh, absolutely. And take out those little design details that you'll have that they did. If you, and everyone I'm sure would agree when you look at historic homes and buildings that were built back in the day that are typically better quality, but the details that were put into those, the molding, the plaster, everything that they had, it was, it's just absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, they don't, you know, they don't make buildings like this anymore. It's I mean, the time you have to dance around to preserve something is very time consuming, yes. but it's very rewarding in the end. Like the uh, original executive boardroom upstairs, uh, we, which we run for private meetings, private parties, things like that, et cetera. Um, it's very cool because it's like, you know, I would say it's like Scarface's office. You, know, yeah. you walk up there, there's this nice big chandelier. I mean, you don't want to see chandeliers like this anymore. It was destroyed. The entire roof molding, ceiling molding was destroyed. We preserved and retacked everything and repainted it. And all the cherry mahogany walls and the fireplace we restored, put the nice new flooring in, kept the old executive board table up there. It had all the chairs up uh, reupholstered from a local upholstery guy. Oh, that's nice. So everything was preserved. Speaking of local, you utilized local for everything at that building. Oh, yeah. It was uh, a little more costly, you know, uh, way over budget. <laughs> but it was worth it because, you know, during a pandemic, like so many people were hurt and lost their jobs. And, you know, they, they were in this uncertain era of we don't know what to do. We don't know where we're going. And we provided jobs for the local contractor. So 80, 85 percent of everything we did there was done locally. Local contractors, plumbers, electricians, uh, carpenters, yeah. laborers. Uh, all the supplies we got from like Milligan's Hardware, a little hardware store, you know, owned by a family down the road. Um, the same thing up in Calcutta, there's a little store up there. So we utilized all these local assets to our advantage to help each other during a pandemic when everyone else was like, you know, they're unemployed, they're sitting at home. They're like, you know, they don't know what to do either. So they're not spending any money. So the stores and the contractors aren't getting hired for, you know, the summer projects, the little projects here and there. And we kept, you know, multiple projects and people going. And the commercial world got hit pretty bad. So to be able to give that back to them and have that connection and keep it within the community is was very economically significant, relationship building significant. It definitely hits a lot of different levels. And, and I think it's paid off, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's awesome watching them walk in, you know, with their families. And yeah. they're like, hey, I built that over here. I did this over here. You know, I welded this here. And like, you know. God bless everyone who has, you know, companies and they travel and things like that. You know, that's what the business is all about. But, you know, some of the people, they don't ever go back to this place that they built. And these guys that live in town do, and they're consistently coming back like, you know, hey, mom, look at this. I built this over here. Hey, dad, you know, or they're showing their wife their kids. But that's what I was saying to you before. Like, if you contract out with another major merchandiser, like... I'll just say Home Depot, no disrespect to Home Depot or Lowe's or anyone else. But if you contract out with them, corporate, corporate Home Depot isn't going to be bringing their family to your business right. and, and become then your customer right? as you were their customer before. Like you're not going to have that give back and that connection right. with one another. And I think developing that relationship is, 
is really important to have. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like you said, I've never seen the CEO of Home Depot come down to downtown Youngstown for any projects that their supplies went to or, nope. you know, things like that. I've seen the family owns Milligan's come into my restaurant multiple times, you know, and they're sitting there dining, enjoying themselves. And they're like, you know, oh, we sell that, we, you know, and it, you hear it and it just makes you grin, you know, because they're like, you know, they're proud of what they do. And, they're, you know, people have put their time into it. You know, like I, my yep. business partner, Craig Causa, is a brilliant business developer. I mean, so much stuff in Pittsburgh he's had his hands on and still has his hands in building right now. I mean, the vision the man has, you know, and he's all about community. I mean, that's like his heart and that's my where my heart is too, is a community. And we throw all these nonprofit charities consistently yeah. to be involved in the community because it's important we build that relationship and keep that relationship with everyone. Well, I think you're also drawing people from outside of Columbiana, even the Honeen and Trumbull. I know it's not that far, but let's face it, we typically complain about a five-mile drive from one <laughs> end of town to the next. But you're like driving people out to East Liverpool that probably typically never went out there before. And about how many people do you think you see new entering into the area? Oh, goodness. I mean, I can easily say we've probably had four to 500 people out of the area. Um, just this year alone, I mean, we have people all the time saying they're from uh, Beaver, they're from Pennsylvania, you know, they're yeah. from down in Weirton, West Virginia, they're from uh, Youngstown, they're from Boardman, they're from Canfield, and it's like, well, we want to try somewhere new, and it's funny, because yes. down in our area, there isn't a whole lot of restaurants. It's a 45-minute drive from yeah. here, yep. so a lot of people don't make that trip out there, unless there's a reason to make that trip out there, and you've been giving people a reason to do it. it yeah, thank you, and the, uh, you know, the atmosphere is like this overwhelming for people, they just, you know, I'm so glad I made the trip down, I'm so glad I got to see this, I'm so glad I got to you know, experience the atmosphere and then the walk through downtown after dinner and, you know, it's more of all the old buildings. And there's this, the park, which is like, I love Mill Creek Park, but if I lived there, I would not feel without because it is absolutely gorgeous, the park that you guys have. And it, there's the mountains hiking and yep. everything else that you can do there, which also runs along the river. Yep. We have awesome, a bunch of awesome uh, parks. So Beaver Creek State Park is in uh, town I live in Calcutta. Um, you know, it's beautiful. It's huge. There's multiple sections of the park, you know, much like Mill Creek. Um, you can go hiking, there's horseback riding trails, there's, I mean, canoeing, kayaking, so much things to do. Yes. And then it flows down into the river, you know, it's a point that you can pick up your kayaks and things like that down there. Um, but we get a lot of those people that come in for the camping over the weekends, they'll come down to the restaurant. Hey, we're in for camping. We wanted to check out a nice restaurant area with the golfers. That's what I mean. Let's go camping. But I'd rather like eat there. Yeah, <laughs> like, we it, don't need to do hot dogs. <laughs> that, that's honestly exactly that. We've had multiple people that said that, and it's so funny because uh, I'm I'm one of those people. You know, let's go camping, and it's time to eat. I'm like, alrighty, and we're really roughing it now. Is there like a nearby uh, restaurant we stop at, or? <laughs> so I do think it's so important for people to hear your story too, because you have shifted from what you. What you're well actually no you haven't you still have your other job you're still so randy is also a police officer <laughs> <laughs> but with that like but show how like you went into the law enforcement you were also a veteran yep so i mean you went through all this and then and you're like you know what you actually even you were away when you were working for numbers too with the marketing so yep. i just really do think that people need to hear your story because it's so important for people to hear that if you have something that's your dream or that you find you're more passionate doing, don't not do it. Like, still go for it. Because I feel like you've been very successful at doing everything you want to do. Thank you. And that's, uh, yeah, you hit the hammer on the head. I mean, you can do any, be anything you want to be in life. 
I mean, people tell you, you grew up in a certain level of class that you have to be this, or you're going to be this because your parents were this, or, you know, you, you, that's not necessarily true. And I'll be the first to tell you, I grew up in a single wide trailer with no money. I had nothing in my name and I built everything I have. And I'm thankful for it for all the people involved in my life, my parents, um, you know, people reached out around me, you know, anytime an opportunity came along, I took it. I started off job shouting a state senator when I was in high school and all my friends were going yes, to parties. That's and great. then he turns around and introduced me to the vice president of Ohio State. And then he turns around and introduced me to the uh, general adjutant of the Ohio National Air National Guard, which led me to join the Air Force. You know, and then I'm here I am in the Air Force after due to come back home. And my friends, uh, Nate, Julian Brock said, hey, uh, we're opening up this brewery and we know you're really good at social media. Would you want to help us out? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know anything about breweries. And he was like, oh, you'll, you'll learn. It's real easy. And then, you know, Nate, Julie, know about social media. yeah, that's exactly it. And Nate, Julie Brock and Jeremy, they were uh helped me learn the beers and learn this and that and teaching me about the craft brewery world and introducing me to Josh and Jared from Birdfish, you know, and like Adam from Modern Methods. And I'm here I am making these friends and contacts without even knowing Nicole, Nicole you know, from Sundog, you know, she's my bestie, you know, yeah, I love, love you, Nicole. Um, <laughs> so funny. Like I, if I need a laugh, I just drive to Columbia and I'm like, she's, <laughs> I need to, I haven't been able to hang out with Nicole in so long. And I'm really, I'm going through Nicole withdrawal right now. <laughs> I, I, I am too. I just thought about that the other day. I'm driving past Sundog on uh, the hot there, the road there. And I'm like, I need to stop in and see Nicole. Like, it's been it's been a minute. We need to see each it's other. It's been a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, so I get involved in the brewery world and doing marketing for them. And then, uh, you know, I'm in the military reserves and I'm deployed. Uh, I go over to seas, come back, and I'm like, okay, cool, we're done. And then, like Sergeant Schneider, you're deploying again. I'm like, so I'm like Nate Julie's like, we have to, you know, you have to send me pictures. So I can do social media from overseas, and we made it work. People were like, you can't work, but we made it work. I had no idea you were overseas. People, yeah, exactly. People were messaging me like, hey, can you meet up with me? I'm like, I was like, I'm actually in Kuwait. That, I believe and, I was one of those people. <laughs> they're like, no, I can't really right now. I can in a few months. Slightly <laughs> busy. <laughs> um, but you know, when you have great, you know, friends and employers like them, you know, that work with you and they want to be part of the place still, you know, it's just, you know. They've, they've been literally like big brothers and sisters to me. You know, we, and you hear us talk, we joke and fight like we all are too, yeah. you know, and, and in a good way, not in a bad way. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just, they've done, done so much for me. Then I'm like going along, I meet my business partner, Craig at the restaurant and, uh, you know, Nate, Julie Brock are down there, you know, multiple times a week telling me, Hey, you should do this. You should do that. It just look cool here. And if anyone knows Julie, like her eye for decor, it's just wow, it's un uncanny. You know, you look at numbers and some of the other places that she's had her hands in. Oh, she just yeah. genuinely enjoys it and Nate's the same way. They just, you know, they, they see it and they know exactly what people want. And it's like, I'm sitting there like, this would be cool. And she's like, no, no, that won't be cool. And I'm like, at least someone's there to tell me that, you know. That's awesome. I'm like, thank you, Julie. And I can always count on Clearly you. Clearly, you don't surround yourself by yes men. No, no, I, I love that. I like people to tell me, hey, you're wrong. Hey, this isn't a good idea. You know, like our team now at Random Body is just such an amazing team. Our manager is like, what do you guys think about this? And they'll be like, no, Randy, that's no. And I'll be like, oh, okay. And I was like, oh, they're like, just, we'll tell you and you put on social media. You'll be good. That's I'm like, awesome. I was like, all right, you know. <laughs> and it works. It, it does, you know. And, you know, we got the restaurant going after Nate and Julie helped me, you know, Brock helped me get things going. And then Josh and Jared came down from Birdfish several times um, down there on the weekends, you know, hey, dude, you need some help? You know, bring down the six pack of Birdfish beer and we'll just hang out and help you, you know, three mile. Like, heck yeah, like, you know, come on down. <laughs> that is awesome. You know, and this is, that's when you know you're truly in a brother and sisterhood of this world of uh, local support and local. I mean, even John Rudy from Magic Tree is on the phone. Hey, man, you know, you can do this, you can do that, I can help you with this, you know, and it's just truly a community world that everyone's like, oh, it's all such a big competition. I think and it's like, it's really not. 
I know it's not. And I think if you do it right, you will have, because there is, there's the holistic community, of course, which would include just me who would go and enjoy food and beverage. And then you also though have like inside your micro communities and that is your brewers, those are your other restaurateurs and everything, but you guys actually support one another. And it, and if you do things right, when you're entering into the market, kind of like when you're, when you're the person being introduced to the family, if you will, like there's a way to go about doing it that it's not competitive. You are part of a family and you guys know how to support each other. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, we're, you know, obviously real estate's your, you know, yes. realm there. And, and thanks you know, for the <laughs> plug. <laughs> um, you know, so as we bought Rent of Audios and, you know, the boom started at the beginning of this year when we opened, um, we started noticing all these people from out of town, like we talked about from mm -hmm. Boardman and Beaver and all, all these empty buildings, you know, it's much like Youngstown. You, after 4 PM, it's like an old Western, you know, you can see the tumbleweed go through town. There's no cars downtown. Yes. Now there's cars everywhere. It's so awesome. And now all these empty buildings that were for sale, the for sale signs are coming down. That's right. And the brown paper's going up in the windows and the construction, you know, is going I on. I really do think that you guys were the catalyst of changing things there. I really do think that you brought people's attention to an area that people weren't looking at before. It, and you're absolutely right. And I would never have thought that till multiple people came to the restaurant and told us, hey, we bought this building down the road because of what you guys did here. And I was like, oh, what building? And it's like the biggest building in town, the little building. Yep. And I was like, okay, did not see that coming. And my friend Amy Falk, that is Dashing Divas, you know, she's putting a nice little boutique shop in there. And our friend, Sean is into ice cream, he's putting like a nitrogen ice cream shop down there. And there's this new place, like in a like a wedding event place, events by Aaron. I mean, that's perfect. They put up this building's been empty as long as I can remember, and they put up like, these cool big letters, you know, like these big ball letters to say love for the uh, events by Aaron for the wedding planning. And what a difference it made in that downtown diamond. I mean, people were just like stopping in awe and taking pictures. And I'm like, what's everyone stopping? I'm like, they're getting pictures of this building just like they were with us. I'm like. You know, it's like very warm and humbling, you know, it, watching other people succeed. It's awesome. And you don't, you don't want the tumbleweeds going through your town. That's <laughs> never a good thing. And, and in real estate, location, location, location. And it is, you have such a huge connectivity between the commercial world that will hope, hope then elevate the residential world that will then bring more commercial. I mean, it's just definitely a cyclical and you have to have the first entry. You yep. really do have to have the first kickoff and then it starts the ball rolling. And, you know, we'll go back to the real and estate. And success, a successful kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll go back to the real estate side here. Um, you know, we talk about the business real estate side, how everything's mm -hmm. being bought up right now. I mean, I think there's only a handful of buildings left for sale downtown. I mean, everything, yep. I mean, there was probably, I can't even imagine a number of empty buildings, but right now they're not for sale anymore. They're all either in the process of being leased out they're or under construction up. and they're gone. But then the housing side, you know, we have the cracker plant from Beaver and Manaka area right over there. Now, since we started the restaurant, people are coming over there eating at the restaurant and they have these campers and RVs and these RV parks. And they're like, this is such a beautiful town. So people are buying up real estate left and right. Yes. I mean, we have several friends that have started, uh, bought up cornfields and started up housing development. Yes. And Which by the way, mobile parks are becoming huge again. Oh my gosh. Like me and Nate, you know, have, uh, yep. has numbers. Um, we were driving past a place just down the road from his house outside of Lisbon. And there was this empty uh, football field that was there forever. And uh, they said they're putting in a mobile RV park. And me yep. and I'm kind of chuckled, like, who's going to put an RV park out here? And no exaggeration, two weeks later, there isn't a single spot left completely. And they're yep. tearing down trees and building more. And no spots are filled. I'm like, 
I guess we're the idiots on this one. <laughs> and I do. I wonder if it's because people are working from home a lot that they're that this way they, they have the ability to be more transient by by going that route. But they in real estate, like you go and you can Google it, or maybe it's just because I, I get the CRE articles, but like mobile mobile parks are becoming a huge investment target for people, which is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, they're that's just one in particular we're talking about, but they're popping up left and right. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like, maybe I need to get an RV and just live out here for a little while. And, <laughs> <laughs> it looks fun. I mean, they're out there camping at night and fires. And I'm like, they have these little communities going well, on. I could tell you on the, on the person that owns the land, it is smart because not because you rent the space in which you have your RV. Right. But then not only that, you also get an annual upfront fee. For, oh wow! Oh yeah, for, for I'm learning the, so much. <laughs> yeah, for the and and that fee is high. Like I remember even practicing real estate in um, DC, and DC prices are super high for for living expenses. So we would be contacted. They'd be like, "Oh, this um, this RV we see it over here. It's like seventy six thousand dollars. Which there you don't really have homes for seventy six thousand. And people will be on it, but then I'll be like, I'm just giving you a heads up. It's 60,000 to enter in before, and then it's the 76, and then you have a monthly fee, the rental free fee on top of that for right. for where the RV is parked. Isn't that crazy? I, I'm, I actually, I don't want to camper anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Just go to the parking lot after parking lot. Yeah. My buddy, uh, Chris, build me a house. He's building a housing development. Just go ahead, Chris, keep that in mind. There you go. And materials are going down on housing. So there you go. Yeah. Thank God it's going down now after we built the restaurant when they were high. Right, well, you know, I, I'm glad for everyone else. But they, uh, <laughs> during the pandemic, we talked about Well, listen, building. they're waiting forever a day for those cargo ships. So there you go. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Seeing them all sit out there and, you know, pour it. I'm just like, man, there's probably some of my packages out there. <laughs> there you go. That could be another business business venture. You're like, hey, if I paddleboard out there and bring in your package, Ooh, how much yes. money do I get? <laughs> Not a bad idea. <laughs> there you go. So it's absolutely awesome. Are you going to open up another one? I've uh, asked you this before. Maybe not on on like a podcast or anything, but I definitely have asked you this. There's two things in the making right now. I can't say where. Um, some may be closer to home than others for this area. Um, can't say where or when, but there's uh, two things in the making and they're looking pretty promising. So um, pretty exciting. You know, if you've ever been to Renovoise, we have a wood fired pizzas, um, you know, it gets that unique taste, uh, much like Acapaz's wood fired pizzas, I believe. Um, similar taste there. And then, um, you know, we have 32 beers on draft. I mean, that's people that's awesome. love draft beer. It's And clearly you love local. Yes. I mean, we, there's almost no local brews we don't have on tap. I mean, we have just about everyone. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got to support each other. I mean, especially, like I said, we was in the middle of the pandemic when we opened. And, you know, then the restrictions started to get lifted towards summer there. And, you know, it was help, still helping each other because, you know, the product sells because it's good beer. I mean, it's good ciders. Yes. It's it's good stuff. It is. It really is. I do like our local beer a lot. I don't fi really find a need to really go beyond what we have happening in our area, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, there's so many great breweries out there. And it's, uh, I'm sure, you know, Cleveland has their, you know, plethora of, you know, breweries like we do, but I'm com comfortable with my, you know, going around here on the weekends and, you know, supporting the guys I know that have helped me, you know, and we got solve it. Just like I said, the brother and sisterhood is just really there. You know, we're all sitting there helping each other left and right. So how often are you at Renovatios? Um, pretty often. Um, I'm usually down there a couple times a week. 
Um, I mean, we have such an amazing staff. They take care of everything. The managers have a great management team. Uh, you know, Tanisha, our main manager, she does, she's like the mom, you know, she takes care of everyone. And we have, That's uh, good. you know, Crystal, our assistant manager, and we have Kiki, our, uh, you know, bar manager, then our chef, Andre, I mean, his food's amazing. He takes care of everything in the kitchen. And I just kind of, uh, you know, come down, we discuss ideas and How things like that. How long did it take you to find your chef? Oh my goodness. I mean, the, the kitchen world, as any restaurant owner could tell you, is interesting the last two years, um, along with any business, but the restaurant industry, especially, um, finding help is just so hard. And, you know, everyone's, you know, I see for sale signs, not for sale signs, uh, help wanted signs everywhere. Everywhere. And it's just like, all I never, when I know is employed, I'm like, where are all these unemployed people at? You know, know. If, if there's so much help needed everywhere, including myself, you know, it's like, where is all these people staying unemployed at? Cause I never, everyone I know works. And everyone's my friends. They don't have any money to go out. Yeah. So there's like really, they're really hermits. They're like just hiding somewhere because I'm like, I've never met anyone who's unemployed yet that, you know, even just out and about talking to people. I'm a social butterfly. It is everywhere. Even those, um, the franchises like Starbucks and everybody that was actually offering the sign on fee or like, we'll help you out with college or whatever, whatever they were doing still hasn't been enough to be able to fill the voids that they've been impacted. Oh yeah. Which is, which is crazy. I, when, well, I guess I'm still in the service industry. I never left, but, but when I was younger and I started off in restaurants working, I mean, I will have to say to me, that was a fun job. Like I enjoyed working as a server. Like I felt like you got to meet a lot of people. There was good food always around you. Like I worked with great people. Like it was a fun time in my life that I'm just surprised that that there's been such a shift. I don't know where they're going because to me, that's where it was at for a while. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, there's people that want to be there and people that are just there for the paycheck, you know, there's people that want to be part of it, you know, and that's like our management team They're They all want to be a part of the place. They yep. want, to, want to see it grow. They want to help it, you know? And it's like, they come to me with these cool ideas and it's like, you know, yeah, let's go. Let's, let's, let's do it. And they're like, seriously, like the last place I worked at, they never listened to our ideas. I'm like, this is your place as much as it is mine. I was like, and I want to hear what you have to say on your ideas with events. You know, if you think this is going to draw in uh, something cool, let's do it. You know, we, we started this kids night where we're teaching them. I shouldn't say we, Tenosha and the staff are teaching them. Uh, <laughs> God help anyone if I have to teach them how to cook. Um, uh, Tenosha is uh, teaching them so how really to So really that's why you started a restaurant. So yeah. You could eat. <laughs> yeah. They said uh, one day we're short on staff in the kitchen. He's like, Randy, help out in the kitchen. I'm like, I'll help everyone like cereal and pizza rolls, everyone. <laughs> Good luck to anyone else you buy food. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, <clears throat> You know, I was being honest. I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, we, we went back there and made the food. No, I didn't. I didn't touch it. Uh, <laughs> we have a good team that does that so they can take care of it. And, like, Tanisha comes up with this uh, kids' night type thing. And, they, you know, she's a chef in her background as well on top of being the manager. So um, she works with our chef all the time on cool ideas. And they're like, hey, so they're teaching kids how to make food. And our first one is, like, this pizza night. So their kids are making this pizza and they're throwing it in the back, you know, in the wood fire pizza oven. These kids are like so excited. Then adults are like, that is awesome. They're like, can we do an adult night where we teach adults how to do some of these foods? And like the spike for that, it's like so high. They want people to do that. But it's so significant to do that, especially when people like, I mean, what do they talk about now about like how people don't know how to eat and they don't know how to, to make food properly for themselves. Mm -hmm. Like you guys are helping out with that, which is, which is 
phenomenal. And it's exciting to see the kids want to be involved. Yes. You know, like I remember as a kid wanting to like, you know, cook with my mom all the time. And, you yes. know, and I, I, you know, people laugh at me all the time, but I was attached to that sweeper when I was like six years old, sweeping all the time. And my, <laughs> my mom's like the house would always be spotless. I wish my kids were that way. And I was like, always, I was always cleaning with that sweeper, you know, and this is something she instilled and my dad instilled in me to, you know, take care of things that you love and take care of your home. And, you know, the, you know, in that manner. And like, you've run a lot across things today. Uh, we're going to switch over to police side here that they aren't being taught those kind of things. And it's, it's just like, you know, I won't get into details. Just like, you know, eye opening. It's like, what, how much the world has changed from when I grew up, you know, and I'm sure everyone says that nowadays yes. yourself, everyone. It's just like, what, what world are we living in where this has changed as much where they aren't teaching these things that are so basic, like, you know, self care and, you know, cleaning and it's like cooking and it's like, so I'm like oh. the police officer in our, our home. <laughs> I'm the enforcer. So whether they like it or not, they have to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's good to have a mom that does that, you know? Heck um, yeah. And I have boys. Needed. I don't want to raise them and expect like somebody else to do the work for them. They need to know how to do the work themselves. And it's, you know, going from there and into the military, you know, the military is obviously, you know, yes. you know, the, you know, your clothes have to be folded a certain way. The bed has to be folded a certain way. Everything has to be nice and tidy and clean. And, you know, I carry that with me in my policing world, but also into the restaurant world of everything, making it look nice and clean, cleanliness. And everyone's like, Randy, we really like to clean this already. And it's like, yes. I mean, who wants to walk yes. in and see this? No one wants to see that. And any it's restaurant true. owner will tell you that it's like, you know, cleanliness is key to, you know, that whole wow factor when they first walk through that door. It's like right. you have one chance to wow them over. And if you walk in and there's napkins in the floor or something like that, then they're just like, Ugh, like, you know, that's going to be that first image the rest of their time. Like, Ugh. and you don't want that. <laughs> no, you don't. You are right. When you're first walking in, I mean, granted, there are those places that you want that feel when you're walking in, right. but not. <laughs> yeah, the roadhouse with the uh, peanuts in the ground, yeah. you know, smashed up. They can get away with it. <laughs> yeah. They had somebody who had the complete opposite mentality that you do. That were like, how do we figure out a way to do less? Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> on the ground. Let's make this a thing. <laughs> so when I was in the Air Force uh, in St. Louis. There's a place called Lambert's. Uh, and actually, what Lambert's Airport at uh, St. Louis is called that. But it's Lambert's restaurant. And I will never forget, you know, the nostalgia and uniqueness of different places stick with you. Yeah. And I walked through this place called Lambert's restaurant. And it's this big kind of like barn building. And it's all this kind of like cool stuff on the wall, like shenanigans, you know. Yeah. And we're walking in and I see people tossing bread rolls. And I'm like, did I just see that? Is there bread being thrown by my head? And then another one goes. And there's bread rolls all over the floor. I was like, what the heck is going on here? And that's part of the theme is like when you want to roll at the table, there's a guy walking around with a uh, – Oh, what do you want to call that? Um, the little uh, dollies. Do or, yeah, or yeah. He's walking cart, around with the dolly. Or cart. Um, and he's throwing uh, rolls around to every table. And if they don't make it to the table, they fall on the ground. He throws you another one. Oh, I don't my know God. The, I, don't know the, I, mean, I imagine they don't do now at the cost of inflation and everything. But, <laughs> I mean, there's just rolls everywhere. And I'm just like. My... Now it's you pick it up off the ground. <laughs> five second rule. <laughs> I, yeah. This is pre-COVID, obviously. Um, <laughs> I imagine post-COVID, it's not very uh, acceptable. Um <laughs> But yeah, they were just uh, throwing rolls everywhere. And I'm like, what a unique concept. And you know, but I always remember that place now. See? There were such rolls everywhere. That would, that would make, I would remember that as well. If there was like flying rolls coming by, <laughs> I'm going to remember the place. If you sit there eating this, a roll bounces off the wall and falls on the, you know, someone's meal. You Does know. that count? I, I have no clue. I mean, they replaced the person's meal. It fell in the one time I was at. I was like, well, that's cool, I guess. But I was like, the overhead on the I cost thought of to things say, must be crazy. It must be crazy. Or like how many times was a roll guy fired because he <laughs> he dropped too many rolls? 
Well, this has been awesome. I haven't seen you forever. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. And for everyone out there, if you have not gone to Run of Audios or want to go back, definitely I would recommend hitting it up. It is like if you're into architecture and historical buildings, it is pretty freaking amazing out there. And the food is absolutely delicious as well. And clearly, as Randy loves his staff, like the staff is absolutely phenomenal. And you guys are a team out there. So, yep, they, they keep me in line. They're great. <laughs> there you go. Well, cheers. Cheers. Homes and Hops is proudly supported by Platt Insurance, your local independent insurance agency offering auto, home, life, business, and farm insurance. They also have a team of specialists that help you with insuring your brewery or winery. Platt Insurance, helping you protect your tomorrow. For more information or a quote, please call them at 330-856-6244 or visit them on the web at platinsurance.com.